step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome back to the Say It Again Colts podcast presented by the Say It Again Network with your host, Justin and Jacob, where we talk all things Colts. And this week, we actually have exciting things to talk about because the Colts won against the Las Vegas Raiders this past weekend on Jeff Saturday's first game as an NFL head coach. Uh, just two weeks ago, he lost in uh, high school football, and uh, the team that he beat was clearly better than or the team he lost to in high school football is clearly better than the Las Vegas Raiders since he was able to beat Josh McDaniels and an NFL pro team. Uh, personally, Jacob, this is this is hilarious to me because Josh McDaniels said no to us, essentially. Th- th- he said yeah. yes and then didn't sign the paperwork and then went back to the Patriots. His first game against the Colts comes against interim head coach Jeff Saturday, and he loses in embarrassing fashion, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was... It was a battle of two bad teams, and I think some people are quick to chalk up our win against the Raiders as like, oh, it's the Raiders. But that was a team that's had the same coach from the start of the offseason, has had the same unit from the start of the offseason. Derek Carr is not a new quarterback. Darren Waller is not a new target. Well, he's on our but Well, but still. Devontae Adams is not a new target. Devontae Adams is new and ish. But they've had all this time to work with him. Like, Josh Jacobs has been there this whole time. Like, none of their things have changed as much as the Colts have, yet the Colts were able to go in and get a win with an interim head coach. Yeah. With a quarterback that, that we thought was done for this season. With a, you know, linebacker that's now on IR. You know what I mean? With like, a play all these caller that has never called an yeah. NFL play play caller that before. has never called so. that. So. Uh, yeah, just like Pat McAfee said, yes, the Raiders are a terrible team. However, we also just fired our coach midweek. Like, we had a whole new organization structure change. Mm-hmm. We're a bad team, too. Yeah. Like, but we still beat you. So, uh, Josh McDaniels, you're pretty awful. Uh, we, we You talked about Matt Ryan coming into play instead of Sam Ellinger. We all expected Sam Ellinger play, to play until about an hour before kickoff, which that's a, that's a huge change, especially for fantasy and betting-wise. But, hey. That's why you got to check things before you actually 
the game starts. Yeah. I, I don't know if that, I, yeah. I saw some people were like saying the Colts should be fined and all this. Nope. They, I, they met everything that the league requires you to do. One I'm hour sorry, you bet incorrectly. There's no or, difference than if a player was not on the injury list and then 11:30 they get marked as inactive. Right. So I I have zero sympathy for those people. Yeah. Don't bet on the Raiders. That's they all did, I can tell you. We did everything by the book. If the league had a problem with it, they wouldn't have let Matt Ryan play. Right. Like that's that's as simple as simple as it is. So So uh Colts play caller Parks Frazier uh said he changed ten percent of the game plan when Jeff Saturday decided to go with Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger. And I guess Ryan uh told him before the game, call it like you see it, uh you, you make the right call. So um that that to me says that Matt Ryan has a lot of trust mm-hmm. in Parks Frazier, which is good. And God, you could see how now na- a it felt it looked natural. Like yeah, the, the offense has never been this exciting this year. Yeah, but it was actually exciting. I get I get it. It's the Raiders, but Jonathan Taylor sixty six yard touchdown run. Uh, Matt Ryan had a thirty nine yard run. Uh, off of a scramble play, we had one what one sack in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything just seemed to click, and everything just went right. That that is the best improvement. One second of the game. Now we can't we can't go without saying that this Raiders defense was very not necessarily banged up, but without a lot of their key components. Like they have just lost guys, they've released guys. So you're yeah, playing with guys, yeah. You, you're playing with guys that have been signed off your practice squad, undrafted free a- agents, what have you. So, yes, we played better. I think this was a great game to get Jeff Saturday's feet wet. I think this was a great game to recenter the offense, recenter the offensive line. But we also shouldn't, like, think we're bigger than what we are now because I don't want us to be like, oh, yeah, no, we, we no. can beat the – like, we have a good shot at beating we, the Eagles. It's like, well – We have to come back to reality because the Eagles just lost – to the Washington Commanders on Monday Night Football. So they're going to be coming out wanting, you know, revenge. They have to come out and play harder. They got the Colts who just came off of a win. So they're going to be looking to play tough. And it's going I mean, it's going to be a tough game. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we, we knew the Eagles were going to be a tough game, period. But now I feel like it's just going to be even that more tough heading into next week. Yeah, and especially the familiarity there with Nick Sir- Sirianni and – and just all the connections across the board. That one's that game's going to be extremely interesting to see what teams you get from both sides, right? Because I feel like the Colts have a lot more energy, a lot more charisma now with just Saturday. The Eagles are going to be looking to get back on top. They were the last undefeated team, and they lost to a team they probably shouldn't have lost to. So um, what kind of team are we going to get from them? So I, I think it'll be a good game to watch. And I'm just excited to see what this team does under Jeff Saturday. Cause I think this was the spark they were looking for yeah. and hearing his um, locker room comments, hearing his post game comments, like he's there to lead the team and being removed from the play calling allows him to do that. He can focus on the guys, focus on the game itself and, and kind of mold and shift that how he sees it. So I, I think, I think that's at times where Frank just got too bogged down in calling the game and he lost focus of other things. And, once you, I mean, in any sport, once you lose the locker room, that's the hardest thing to come back from. Yeah, so. and we talk about this all the time with you know head coaches that are also the coordinators. You mm-hmm. you don't have the time to make those connections with your players to really build up the locker room. You're so focused on what's the offensive game plan or what is the defensive game plan, whichever one you are. So you're more in those stra- strategy meetings, and then sometimes you're missing those meetings because you have to be in head coaching meetings with the front the front office, and you're yeah. not everywhere where you need to be you're splitting yourself up too much 
And we see this in the NFL so much that the head coach is the play caller for whichever side of the ball that they mm-hmm. are more knowledgeable on for good reasons mostly because you don't want to build up your coordinator and then lose your coordinator and there goes your entire offense or defense. Yeah. So you want to be able to retain your guys. If, you're, if your play caller is doing well because he's the head coach, he's not going anywhere, but your coordinator's going to. Look, I mean, however, then you got teams like the Buffalo Bills who have an offensive coordinator that goes to become a head coach, and then like now their new offensive coordinator is doing just as well. So is it is it the player? Is it the coordinator? Is it the coach? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like the coordinators can make the players good, but if you have guys with with raw natural talent, yeah. then that's going to help you because it's going to make things so easy. Like, yep. I feel like you know if you want to look at the Eagles for example, Jalen Hurts just has so much talent, so many abilities that that opens up the playbook for Nick Sirianni and his crew and, and what they're able to do to put him in a good position. And then having receivers like Devonta Smith, like AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, guys like that, that can then enhance and make hurts better. And that's mm-hmm. just, so I, I do think mm-hmm. in part of it, you have to have good players, but also the scheme has to fit and you have to put those players in the best position to succeed. And I felt like that's, you know, the, that's sometimes where the Colts have struggled as well. I think the best game plan we've had with our new quarterback has been Phillip Rivers and just how we kind of tried to bring everything closer to the quarterback, a lot of checkdowns, stuff like that. And then, yes, and then that got us – I think that got Frank too much into the checkdowns that exactly. we never went back down the field again. You didn't You didn't adapt to then the new quarterback you brought yeah, in. Yeah, you just yes. said, okay, everything's – five yards on the field instead mm-hmm. of 15, 20 yards on the field. Cause we were so used to Peyton launching it. Andrew yeah. launching it. Philip rivers. Yeah. And all those guys. So it, it wasn't really. And you had uh, to be able to adapt and mold to that. Right. And like Carson Wentz, I know they went, they tried to go with the RPO and I think that worked at times, but you just have to, you have to commit one way or the other. And even bringing in Matt Ryan, I felt like we, the first couple of games, you didn't have a clear idea of what the other one was thinking. So, like, I think Frank had an idea, and I think Matt had an idea, and they weren't meshing well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, events spiraled as such. You get Matt Ryan out today. And maybe Matt Ryan getting some time to sit and, and think about things has kind of opened up his idea. And, and the changes in, in the coaching staff has made him think, all right, let's 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 try something new. And I, because I don't – I mean – Parks was awesome, but if you're a veteran quarterback like Matt, I don't know how you see Parks step in who's never called this and being like, oh, this is going to go well. Like, I feel like you have very low expectations, so maybe you're willing to to buy into something new at that point. Yeah, and, you, I mean, you're, you're kind of – you're also a mentor for that, for yeah. Parks at that point because you've clearly been around the league longer than Parks has mm-hmm. been around the league. So the fact that he can come in and just, you know, help and then play the game, I mean – it looked like they just went out there and played football. Yeah. And he could have looked better because the offensive line looked a lot better. And the offensive line honestly probably looks better because of who the head coach is. Yeah. And they made one change, put Will Fries at right guard, and you just stuck with it. And Matt Pryor at right tackle for one play. But for one play. We yeah. won't. I didn't like it. I saw him come in. I was just like, oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they looked great. Will Fries looked great. Braden and Will Fries together. On the line just looked fantastic. They mm-hmm. were making the correct block movements. The big play with uh, Jonathan Taylor was a huge blocking. Like that was just an incredible play in general. That was the Colts that we saw last year. Yeah, the exciting offensive Colts that we we. I, 
I never felt like we were never out of that game, whether we were losing or, up or winning. Every time the offense had the ball, I felt like we could score. Yeah. And every time the defense had the ball, I felt like we could stop them. Yeah. And mostly we did. The Colts did. Uh, even Devontae Adams was targeted quite a bit. Did not have the day that they probably thought he would have. Uh, I mean, still didn't do bad. Like, no, he, he every time he caught the ball, he he broke one tackle. Yes. and and got upfield for extra yardage. So he he was he was nine for 126 yards and a touchdown. But when the game mattered, when it was third and seven late in the game, mm-hmm. Isaiah Rogers broke it up at the very very end of the game, fourth and down. Stephon Gilmore blo- uh, broke it up. Yeah. So we were able to control him enough. Yeah. to really affect the game. And again, I mean, context is that the Raiders are not a good football team. Their defense was severely depleted. But they're a playoff team. But That's they, the thing. They, they are they a are playoff there. team. And they're a they team were. that has been together from the start. Like, they have not had the crucial changes that the Colts have had right. to make throughout the season. Like, they have not fired their head coach and their offensive coordinator. Right. They have not tried to implement a, what, 37-year-old quarterback into a new system in the offseason. Like, they have not had to do and any of And then fired his offense coordinator. Yeah. Like, they have not had to do any of that, and yet the Colts were able to roll out there with an interim head coach who has no NFL coaching experience. It's only coached at a high school level. So I, I think their context obviously is important, but I think there there was a lot of positives to look at um, from this game and, and going into next week. If nothing else, it got people more excited and motivated about the Indianapolis Colts. Not as much negativity surrounding them. And it proved a lot of people wrong. It proved a lot of people wrong, and that's a fantastic segue, Jacob, because I was just trying to figure this out. No, oh, you're um, welcome. There was some negative comments about Jeff Saturday. Many, many of negative comments. And I had to go back. I had to think, oh, crap, did Jacob and I say anything negative? Because, oh, God, if we did. I don't. I don't think I don't, so. I don't. I, we looked at, we we presented facts. We presented what what the situation was. Yeah. We didn't really. I, I think we even said the best case scenario is that you know you go eight and zero and then go to the playoffs and win. Yeah. The worst I, case scenario is you go eight eight and one. I mean, I was skeptical, but I also thought, who is the guy? I I might have said this verbatim. Like, who is the guy you want in the locker room right now? It's a guy that understands the game and understands what the players are going through. In the and that's just Saturday. Yeah, and that's all this. I mean, this guy bleeds blue. Like, he loves the Indianapolis Colts, and he said it too. Like, he wants to see this organization succeed in any way he can. If that means he's a special assistant, or if that means he's the head coach. Like, if he's the janitor, like he just wants to see this team succeed so yep. bad that he's willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, and he's that's consulting. The kind of guy you need. I mean, that's the, consulting. Yeah. yeah. So he was consulting. Uh, two guys very publicly uh, disagreed with this hiring. Uh, first was Joe Thomas. We saw this over the weekend. I think on sa- Friday or Saturday. Came, I think it was Friday that came out about him talking about on Get Up about. Jeff Saturday being hired and how this was a tra- travesty and uh, this was the most unprofessional thing an organization can do and Jim Irsay just destroyed the league because he hired Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach the interim head coach not not just the head coach and dude you're a player you're yeah. literally a lineman who has been in this league understands everything that I mean don't. Joe Thomas is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. He never played in the playoffs ever, but he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer because he's one of the better left tackles of all time. I mm-hmm. get it. It's fine. But he just straight up came up and just said that, you know, complete travesty. 
yet just like two years ago, he was telling Pat McAfee he's going to throw his hat in the ring to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns when they fired their head coach. Yeah. So, I mean, where's where's the brotherhood? Where's the respect of right. the players? Like, wouldn't you be excited that you see a guy getting an opportunity? Now, I I would look at this totally different if he took the approach of, well, Jeff's a white guy and, and he got this job and they didn't consider anybody of color. That's important to note. But by rule, I don't think they have to at this point. They will when it comes time to hiring a head coach. Yeah. But like Jim Irsay looked at his options and hired the best person he thought for the job at this moment. That's a guy that cared about the organization and was literally going to do whatever it took to you, do his best yeah, and to get them back on track. And you make a change on Monday, you have to, you know, continue on. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just go in limbo for a week. Yeah, because like, then, yeah. And I mean, sometimes you need, you need a shakeup and like, I don't know, like to, to hear them like openly criticize the move, it was like, well, I, I almost would want people to push back and be like, what would you have done? Like, did you want Gus Bradley or John Fox who have been head coaches but not done well? Like, well, and I, that was the look, and there's a lot of people that says, you know, yeah, you could go John Fox or Gus Bradley because they have head coaching experience, but again, they've been fired how many times from mm-hmm. their positions? And what is that doing to add new blood exactly. into the coaching pool? That's talk, doing nothing. You talk about the Rooney Roll, and... If, if you really want more in-depth analysis on this, go back to Monday's episode of the Pat McAfee show, November 14th and listen to like the 20 minute tirade. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I get, I get the per, the premise of the earning role. You want, you want to add, you know, minorities into coaching staffs and stuff, but also Jeff is a player who excelled so much that he can't go back and just do a 20 year old's job for 10 years to get his chance to become a head coach. Right. You're, this is going to open up so many opportunities to be able to get in, to get former players at a very high level straight into coaching. Mm-hmm. You don't have to suck, retire after four or five years, and then get a, some positional coach job. This will add, this will be able to allow players like, you know, Reggie Wayne or Cato June, who are now assistant coaches, positional coaches yeah. on rosters. Now they can actually get an opportunity to be a head coach. If Jeff Saturday goes four and four, that's a success. Yeah. For players that want to become head coaches. For the Indianapolis Colts, that's not a success. That's going to really, really suck. But say he does go, I mean, anything is going to be success. And then like Bill Cower was 34 years old when he first became yeah. a head coach, former player, but he, I mean, he had to do stuff, but why wouldn't you want somebody to succeed a lot quicker? Mm-hmm. Bill Cower didn't succeed as a player in the NFL. Like Jeff Saturday did. He wasn't a hall. He's not going to be a hall of famer. He's yeah. not a super. Well, he, okay. He's a super bowl champion, but he, he wasn't a pro bowler. He wasn't an all pro. Like, right. It just, it, well, I and get it. if if you're upset about the Rooney Rule aspect, I think you need to to expand this and look at the big picture as well. A lot of your players, former players, can satisfy the Rooney, the Rooney Rule as well if you hire them into a head coaching position. Yep. Like there are so many players of color that have done extremely well in this league, have a great knowledge of the game, but like you said, don't have the time or don't Who, have the experience. Who's going to come move back and take a thirty thousand dollar a year job after you just made millions after yeah. having a prolific career? Yeah, nobody. Nobody's going to do that. Right. Unless they unless they truly want to. But then again, then they're going to be in their 40s, 50s, 60s before they can ever become a head coach. Right. This gets them in there. If they younger. go the traditional route. Yeah, if they go the yeah. traditional route. That's 
That's like getting your PhD and then becoming an intern at McDonald's. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's the well, level that they expect. And it like Jeff's not too far removed from the game where he can't relate to the guys. Like he can still relate to them age wise yeah. and just playing time wise. And I feel like the the quicker you get, now I'm not saying like. So I'm not just saying like you need to hire somebody that's right out of the game. Like some of the just retired last year. I'm not saying you need to slot them in because I think they do need to remove themselves a little bit. But if you look at a guy like Robert Griffin III, who's in, who was in a very similar situation that Jeff Saturday is in, played, retired, and is now in the media commenting on games, staying involved, like he can easily come in, has a knowledge for the game, and be able to motivate the men in the locker room. Now, he may not know all the X's and O's and all the technical portion of the game, but that is why you have the coordinators. Yeah. And he can come in and just lead the locker room. He can relate to the players. He can understand the game, at least for the capacity that he needs to as a head coach. And you jump all that time that it would take trying to work your way up the traditional ladder, even after retiring. Like, And he retired, I would say, on the younger side, but still. you have experience without having formal experience. Correct. Experience is experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the job that I have now, I don't meet the formal requirements of having you know a bachelor's degree, but I have the years of experience yeah. that equaled out. This is where we're getting to, is that Jeff Saturdays has 14 years of NFL experience at a very high level. Yeah. This would be just like... Richard Sherman decided, you know, I'm going to become an interim head coach. That's a great example. Because Richard Sherman just retired, but how many times he's been on the Super Bowl roster? How many times? Two or three times now. He's won two Super Bowls. He's been at a very high level. He's played with Russell Wilson. He's played with Tom Brady. He's played with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, He's played with some really good players. He was on one of the best defenses of all time. And again, I think context matters, right? Like the position would matter as well. Just Saturday yeah. playing the center position, there's a lot of responsibility and there's mm-hmm. a lot of intellect you have to have at that position, calling out coverages, right. calling out stunts, like everything like that, literally anchoring the offensive line. I think quarterback is another position you look like that just has to have a knowledge of the game, has to understand the offense, has to understand routes, has to understand coverages. It's like the, it's the, the team captains. Essentially, really. I mean, yeah. And then I think on defense, you know, you look at the linebackers or the, the play callers there, like... I don't. Not a good name comes to mind, but Cato June is on the Indianapolis sure. Colts. Like somebody like that that is having to call the plays, understand the defense in its entirety, and then adjust from what they see from the offense. Like those are the the position groups that I yeah. would look at to pull from. And and when you're looking at those positions, who affected your team at a very very high level? Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis is another example. I almost said him. I don't know if he would get into coaching. He would be a great leader. Like he would would lead the locker room. They would be pumped up to play every Sunday. He wouldn't even have to have a game plan. No, lead the locker room. But that's when that's when you rely on your coordinators. This whole idea that an NFL head coach also has to be a coordinator almost robs the coordinator of their ability to shine. Like at the Colts, for example. Frank Reich being so insistent on calling plays robbed Marcus Brady of the chance to put his own fingerprint on this offense. Right. And then now that he was let go, that's harder for him to find a job because what can he look back on and say? Right. Like, I helped implement Frank Reich's plan. I didn't have any of my own. Yeah, he's going He's going backwards. He's not right. even going to be able to get another coordinator job. He's going to have to go back to be a, a, a positional mm-hmm. coach. Look at Nathaniel Hackett with the Denver Broncos. He's yep. a head coach who coached right behind um, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. So... But now he gets the Denver Broncos. He didn't really coach in Green Bay. He was just there to implement the game plan. He mm-hmm. didn't call any of the plays. And now look at what the Denver Broncos offense is turning into. Like, it's not doing well. So 
you really are robbing coordinators of their play calling duties to be yeah. able to become an offensive uh, to become a head coach. I mean, Brian Dable is a great example. He was able to call plays, and now he's a successful head coach mm-hmm. so far. I think too. Look at Matt Patricia when he was with the Patriots. I felt like Bill Belichick still had a strong that grip defense. on that defense. Yep. And when Patricia went to the Lions, it did not go Fizzled well. Out. So, and then he went right back to New England. Gus so, oh, um, no. I, I, I think if we're like looking again at this in a little bit of a of a vacuum here, like Nick Sirianni going to the Eagles, I felt like he had a heavy hand in, in the offense, and that was that would have been like. Early years, Philip Rivers. So yeah, but I still felt like he had a heavier hand than what Marcus Brady had now. So um, and then he was able to go to Philadelphia, and and you see what he does there. So I think this opportunity it works twofold, right? It works well for Jeff to just show he can lead, and it works well for Parks because this opens the door to yeah. being an offensive coordinator for him, who went from a special like assistant or quarterbacks coach, and or I, no something doubt like that. The Colts could lose the next seven games. And and as long as the Colts' offense looks gr- good, mm-hmm. good to great, and they actually do things, Parks Frazier should be an offensive coordinator candidate for many many teams, including yeah. the Colts. I mean, the the greatest example is look at where you are, look at where you were when you started the season, look at where you are now. Vast improvement just in this one game now. Granted, Raiders weren't good, but listen, like, the Colts suck too, man. We fired I, our head coach. Yeah, I mean, we are not any better. So I think this Eagles game is going to be extremely important. Just to, if you can get back to basics and roll out this game plan, and it works to yeah. some success, then I I feel like that's a positive. Even if we don't win this game, if you can put up points and at least contend with them, I feel like this is that's going to be considered a success. Well, I mean, let's look at the rest of the season. I mean, because just last week we were like, man, we could win two of these games. Mm-hmm with Jeff Saturday as the head coach, but has the locker room changed that much to where everybody is now bought in? They they are playing at a high level again, and they're building. I I'd still am going to chalk up the Eagles' home game as a loss. Yeah. But after that, you got the Steelers, who I think is a very winnable game on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. You got the Cowboys, who just got beat by the Packers, who have been struggling on Sunday Night Football in Dallas. I think that's a winnable game as well. Sure. I that's going to be a good test not, for the offense. That, that, the Cowboys, Cowboys game is, is going to awesome. actually be the game that I, I feel like this is going to tell you if you're a good team or not. Mm-hmm. Because they're so they're right up there, but they're still right there in the middle to where – you got to get – if you get past them, you're over the hump. You're looking at a play, at the playoffs. If you don't get past them, just pack it in. Well, and, like, if we beat the Eagles, it's going to be like that was a fluke. Like, the Eagles are in a slump right. right now. They lost to the Commanders, and then they lost to the Colts. It's not that the Colts did anything well. It's that the Eagles are in a slump. If you beat a team like the Cowboys, who are, I'll say, maybe pedestrian a little better – you can look at that objectively and go, okay, the Colts are a good team because they beat the Cowboys, or the Colts are a bad team because they lost to the Cowboys. You can't do that with the Eagles because either way, it's right. like if the Colts lost, it's because they were supposed to. If they won, it's a fluke. So I feel like the Cowboys game, like you're saying, is going to be a good measuring stick just for that reason alone. And following the Cowboys game, you go to Minnesota, mm-hmm. who just which 
That's, they're a one-loss team, too. That's they're approaching Eagles territory of, like, yeah. if it's the Colts win, it may be a fluke. It may be they're starting to think about the playoffs already. So, and, Well, is it a fluke or is it, oh, it's Kirk Cousins? Because mm-hmm. that that game is still TBD on the time. Yeah. It could be a primetime game. It could be a 1 o'clock game. And honestly, right. hopefully it's a primetime game because if the Colts win 1 the o'clock next... Kirk Cousins is not a, uh, the Kirk Cousins I want to play yeah. against. I mean, if the Colts win their next couple of games leading up to that, it could get flexed to – to a prime spot. There's I no storylines there. Yeah, if the if the Colts pick up a three wins, that makes them seven five and one. Mm-hmm. So I mean that could get flexed. Uh, then you got the Chargers at home on the day after Christmas on Monday Night Football. I think that's an easy. I think that's a winnable game now. The, the Chargers uh, yeah. are starting to struggle again. Uh, the Giants in New York. I I think the Giants are good, but I don't think they're great, and I think that's. Still a winnable game. Yeah. And then the Texans, I think, is a very winnable game at this point because yeah. I think at that point they should have been packed in. Yeah. But, again, this could all turn around, and the Cowboys could be a loss, the Vikings will be a loss, the Chargers could be a loss, the Giants could be a loss, and the Texans will be a win, which will just screw up the entire draft rankings. Yeah. So it, it, this is still a very – which way are you going? And I don't mm-hmm. think you can make that decision after this coming week because even if you fall 4-6-1 and one, – you can still turn that around, and with six straight wins. But yeah, I just I don't want to see this team be eight eight one for pride. And as much as I hate to say this, like Jeff is not the guy you bring in if you're wanting to tank because he is so internally motivated yeah. and wants to see the organization succeed. He's a guy that's gonna do everything in his power to win. And it's like, all right, so he's not a guy that's gonna lead the the rebuild. Right. I think he's gonna be a guy that's gonna motivate and people to win. You can easily still win in the league and get a quarterback. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. It makes it harder to get a quarterback. Well, and, and I think of this too, like the teams that are gonna be drafting higher may already have their quarterback. They're just waiting for the pieces to fall in place. So then that means the Colts who may finish with a 10 or later pick may still have a shot at a decent quarterback because some of the other teams that are worse, like the Jaguars, who are worse than we are at this point, record-wise, have their quarterback in in Trevor Lawrence. So currently the Colts are sitting at the 15th pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, The Texans could likely need a quarterback. They might. It depends on – I think it depends on who's the head coach and, and, you know, office staff at that point. They might move past Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. Um which is fair. Las Vegas is currently sitting at two. They have Derek Carr. They just signed him to a contract. Yeah. I think they're locked in. I think you go like with an offensive lineman. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolina is going to need a quarterback. In my opinion, I know Maybe. they just, I know they just drafted Matt Cor- Coral and they also have the first and third pick of the 2000 yeah. whatever draft, but I feel like they're going to need a quarterback. I don't know. That one's a toss-up. That like, is literally the most confusing franchise right now. Because me. then, what do you? So, say you draft a quarterback. If they have what the third pick, then is that right? Yeah. So they would. You're tossing around CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, or Bryce Young. Yeah. And, and right uh, at the moment, I'm I have a feeling Stroud is going to go before Young. He's playing better. Sure. So then you have four quarterbacks like that are all young enough they could go play somewhere else if they wanted yeah. to. So. Or they trade know. the pick and get more. See, but they're—I don't even think they're in a team that can afford to trade the pick. You know well, what I mean? Were the Colts like, a team that could afford to trade the well, pick? Well, that's a fair statement. Yeah, they did, and the Jets took Sam Darnold. So yeah. Uh, then the Eagles have the fifth, fourth pick. 
Yeah, well, they're not because of New Orleans. So they're not drafting a quarterback. Uh, just gonna make that team scarier. Uh, Jacksonville with a fifth, not going for a quarterback. Chicago with sixth, not drafting a quarterback. Seattle. It depends on how how much you like Geno, how much you want to roll that back. That that one they might. But Geno's I, finally becoming a, a guy. I think they may roll with Geno for. I think they might roll with Geno if Pete Until, Carroll stays. Yeah. If Pete Carroll leaves, I think they move on. Yeah. But Detroit will probably look for. This could be the year that they go for a quarterback, but Jared Goff is doing I think okay things. I think they look at who's available at that time and then pull the trigger. Best player on board. Yeah. Um, and then the Houston Texans again, they're not going two quarterbacks in a row. No. So currently we are and then Pittsburgh is Kenny Pickett. So we have gone through ten picks. Which right I heard now, somebody said they could be looking at a quarterback and I don't be so dumb. Um so we're looking at Houston, maybe Carolina. Honestly, maybe, maybe Houston. I don't know if Houston, like. So we're looking at three maybes in yeah. the top ten. In the top ten, I don't. I do not see a surefire team that's going to pick. No, maybe I'm wrong. I, now, I obviously don't study the draft with, as much as other with people that do. That being but. said, Detroit now has the eleventh pick, so they could go quarterback. Sure. Um, then Atlanta, who just got Ritter and Mariota's. I think they're going to go Ritter after yeah, this I year. I think so, too. Arizona has Murray, Green Bay, and l- unless Aaron Rodgers Aaron retires. Rodgers retires, and you don't believe in Jordan Love, then. And then it's the Colts. Yeah. You could – now, like, you could drop three, play, three, four positions and be a wild card loser and still trade up. Mm-hmm. The, the Bears traded up to 11 to get... Well, even if we slid, who's after us that would be getting a quarterback before us? Washington. Okay. That one checks out. LA Chargers. No, I don't think they're... Cincinnati Bengals. Nope. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Denver Broncos. They're so locked into Russell say, Wilson, they They've can't. paid too much. Um, New England... Seattle again, the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, like, now so we're, we're getting into actual quarterback. I looking at this somehow list, we have a higher or a later draft pick than the Bills. Then that's issues. Things went but, right for yeah. us. Uh, just looking at this list, I mean, in the first round, there's there's a lot of teams out there that do not have the guy yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but there's fair. also a lot of teams that. Like, they can be manageable. They need other positions. Mm-hmm. The Colts could still get a top three quarterback sitting at 15. They could, yeah. They could get a quarterback at sitting at 18. There's, what, four or five guys that are currently Stroud, Bryce Young, Levis. Is it Levis or Levi's? Uh, Levis. Levis. Yeah. Uh, those are the three guys that I see all the time. Richardson from Florida yeah, is looking Richardson, like and Hooker. Pat Mahomes, Hendon Hooker. There's five guys. Richardson that could, could be... I think, come back to Florida. He is he has that option too. So shoot, I'd, I'd get out of there. I'd oh. get in the NFL if I could. Yeah, five guys, four guys that could be there. Well, I mean, I would say five, but yeah. The point is, is that you could still do well <laughs> for the Colts. Yeah, and if you need to trade up, trade up and get your guy. Right. There's no. There's nothing wrong with that. Or if, for some reason, your guy's not in this draft, then wait till next year. Wait till next year. But then you still have Matt Ryan for another year. You could stock up on all the other positions of need. You could get another offensive lineman early. You could get another receiver. You could maybe spend heavy on the defense because some of those guys are are getting up there. So so bringing it all back here, 
um, we're looking at the the rest of the schedule, and I don't. I was saying the Eagles are not. This week's game against the Eagles is not the game where you pack it in mm-hmm. or go all in. I don't think that game is until after the Steelers game. If you yeah. lose to the Steelers, you're done. Yeah. Um, if you win, I still think you're still on the fence. But after the Cowboys, it's win or go home at that point. Yeah. Like, I think if once you, you get to the Cowboys, it's win or go home. Especially if you beat the Cowboys, I think you're like, all right, here we go. Because you could, yeah, the, the Colts could feasibly lose two more games, drop four, seven, and one. And still make the playoffs. It'll be tough, but you have yeah. to win out. Yep. And you got a lot of good teams. I which is good in theory, because you got the Eagles and Vikings. So if you lose those two games but win the rest, you are maybe in the in the playoffs. Well, and and all things aside, like I, I feel like we're we also had such high expectations coming into this season that it would be like, oh, if we don't make the playoffs, it's a loss. But like the turnaround we've been able to make, I especially if you win a significant portion of these of the rest of the season. Like that's a huge turn that you made and and came out of it on the positive end. So, I mean, I know everybody had a lot of high aspirations, all chips in, all this, all that. But if you can if you can get Jeff Saturday winning games with this team, then that's a huge success. Yeah. Well, uh, we're already moving on until January football talk where we start talking about the draft. It's so exciting. Oh, uh, God. It's so exciting. We're getting there, guys. Um, but this week we have the Eagles at home at 1 o'clock on CBS. Uh, be sure to tune in. Uh, it should be an exciting game. AJ, First time the Colts will see A.J. Brown not in a Tennessee Titans uniform. Mm-hmm. And see Jalen Hurts, who I wish was an Indianapolis Colt, but he's yeah. not. So we'll just move on from there. Um, but – Until next week when we talk football again, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Colts underscore Sia. You can follow us on Instagram at Colts Sia. You can follow us on Twitter at Justin Bowerly and at Mummer underscore Jacob. And until next week, go Colts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.